Man Up, brought to you by Construction Professionals, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulis and Father Zach Kowski every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now, it's time to man up. Another year goes by, more years, more Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy Live Up Studios. Heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM, and around the globe. Streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and like us on Facebook. I am Joe Stopulis, along with the great father, Zachary Couch. Great, wow. And today we're joined by Katie Patrizio, and the uh, topic for today's show is the biblical vision for masculinity. We're going to get theological today, Father. We're going to get very deep. Very deep into theology. Into Genesis. Above and, my pay grade. Yeah. Would you please open us up in a word of prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, oh, and of the Son, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full, full of, of grace. grace, the Lord Lord's is with thee. thee. Blessed, Blessed art thou amongst women. women. Blessed, Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, womb Jesus. Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for, pray for us. In the, name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Halfway through Lent? Halfway through Lent. Still going. Still here. Uh, how's March Madness I going for you? I haven't fasted my way through, uh, you know, I haven't. I'm still here. I'm still, still on this. Here. Uh, I mean, for us, we've been doing this since January 1st, basically. So Ash Wednesday comes, and it was just kind of another. I mean, you look great. You look great. Another Wednesday. Have you been watching the March Madness game? I have not been watching sports for a long time. I would like to, but I cannot. Uh, It's always fun to to take part, but we're taking a short break, part of the fasting process. Uh, All right. What encouragement do you have for our listeners, Father, to help them as we continue this, this process of journeying through Lent to look more like Jesus come Easter time? Well, I think uh, for what, you know, the prayer, fasting, almsgiving, I think being attended with that, I think for me, it really helps to have other people that I'm accountable to because on my own, it's easy to make excuses mm-hmm. and yep. not, you know, and be lazy yep. or uh, excuse myself. And so I think for me, the most important thing is not, not doing Lent alone and having other people that can support me and I can check in with and kind of just encourage me because I need that just like everybody else. I'm a priest. I still need encouragement too as a man. So I think that helps having our group um, and talking with other people about what they're doing, you know, asking people what they're doing for, for Lent. And then showing off, showing off, that showing you're not, off that you're not doing, drinking. Yeah. Oh, I've been doing Lent since January 1st. So <laughs> That's the point, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I, I think I maybe read that in one of the gospels that yeah. I'm supposed to, uh, to loosen my tassels. Yes. And, you're supposed to make, you're supposed to just look terrible. Like, yeah. 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 Not maybe I missed that. Maybe and, I missed the message yeah. in that in that part of the gospel. It's not part of the but process. That that said, uh, I think people come out of the gates pretty strong. Come Ash Wednesday, uh, you know, pretty excited for the first couple of weeks. It can get a little uh, daunting towards the middle part. So, kind of a, as a pick me up, just encourage all of our listeners to make sure you're holding to whatever you said your fasts are. If you want to intensify them, especially as we're getting here in the final stretch, the second half. Intensify them. Do it. You know, pick mm-hmm. up another another thing to uh, to look at. You know, increase your prayer time. Uh, you know, Lent is such an opportunity uh, that we've been given. So we just can't encourage you enough to take full advantage of this time. 
Uh, Easter's coming soon. There's time to celebrate. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll have you know a, a long period of time between Easter and Pentecost to celebrate. Uh, but let's let's really take this time seriously. Increase your prayer. Increase your fasting. Uh, look for opportunities for almsgiving. Uh, when we come back after the break, we're going to have Katie Patrizio on to discuss the biblical vision for masculinity. Thank you, construction professionals, for underwriting our show, Man Up. Construction professionals have been long supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio, and we've seen their work firsthand. It's very impressive. They do remodeling or new construction that is innovative, functional, and designing what you want. cpcustomhomes.com. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy Live Up Studios. Heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. I am Joe Stapios, along with Father Zakowski, and today we are joined by Katie Patrizio. Katie serves as the Director of Faith Formation at St. Cecilia Parish in Ames. She holds a bachelor's, bachelor's degree in philosophy and theology from Franciscan University of Steubenville and a master's degree in biblical theology from John Paul the Great Catholic University in San Diego. In addition to her parish work, Katie frequently speaks and teaches on topics of Scripture and popular theology, and also serves as an instructor for the Catechetical Institute of the Diocese of Des Moines. Katie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Can, can we consider you a regular on The Uncommon Good? Because that would be added <laughs> to your list of things. Yeah, probably. Okay, you need to add that to your uh, bio. Regular. She's a regular. The third host. Third host. I say, you'd be the third host of The Uncommon Good. You need to add that into. And that's not easy. Those guys are tough. I mean, very. They grew, very up, tough they grew up in tough neighborhoods. Wrong side of the track. Wrong yeah. side of the track. But you fit in very well. <laughs> very well. You came with uh, uh, high accolades from them. So everyone's been telling me yes. you've got to be on the show. She's not the first woman we've had, though. We've had other women on the show. But you're in the probably uh, two, three, four, something like that. It's been okay. it's been slim pickings. And how long has the show been running? Two years. So what okay. happens is they don't... Uh, I, I just don't think that I'm likable. So people just don't <laughs> show up. I think that's probably... I the, can attest to that. I can, all right. <laughs> So on with heart, on with the topic. So I uh, I reached out to you and said, "Hey, we've got feedback that we'd like people would like to have you on the show." I said, "You choose the topic," mm-hmm. and the topic you chose was <laughs> uh, masculinity in scripture. Okay, go ahead. Proce- <laughs> proceed. All right. No, why'd you choose that? Why Why'd um, you choose that? Um, well, I have a master's degree in biblical theology, so the easiest thing I could do is to just pull something straight out of Scripture, and I didn't write it. I just point things out. All right, so let's dive right in. So, Katie, what is the kind of biblical vision for masculinity? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hidden. Um, it's probably not what you would expect, um, but it crops up very early in the biblical text. So you're reading through the creation story. You're at Genesis 2.15, and if you're reading it in Hebrew, which you all should be, right? <laughs> that's what I That's what I do. That's what I Joe thought does. that everyone <laughs> translates. Now, is, there, is there an English translation? <laughs> I didn't know this. Uh, you'll hear that um, Adam was put in the garden to Avad and to Shamar, and you can translate that to, to Till. Uh, and keep or uh, serve and guard. And um, basically, this is important because it crops up at other places in Scripture as well. So things tend to uh, draw, uh, they tend to pop out to us um, when they come up on multiple occasions. And we'll see um, these two verbs um, later, an example in Leviticus, 
referring to um, uh, liturgy and what the priests do. Uh, so they have a liturgical connotation. They even have a covenant connotation. So um, that word uh, shamar um, is used to when when we hear uh, about the Israelites keeping the commandments, uh, about the people keeping the feast. Um, but I uh, will propose that it's um, a biblical vision for masculinity and not just for Adam or Adam's um, uh, first primary descendants, because we see this notion of Avad and Shamar passed down. So, for example, in Genesis 4 2, um, the scripture tells us that Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain a tiller of the ground. So this notion of um, of tilling and keeping, serving and guarding, it um, it occurs multiple times in scripture and is passed down from Adam to his sons. So right from the beginning, we hear these roles to, to, uh, to serve and to guard. Mm-hmm. And then what, so what happens when people don't do that, when men do not right. serve and guard? Right. So when Adam fails to Avad and Shamar, occurs very early in the biblical texts as well. Doesn't, so, take, doesn't take many pages to get to no, this No, no, no. Not serving. It it occurs at the fall. And so basically the fall is a result of man, Adam, failing to avad and shamar. Uh, There's a lack of vigilance. Okay, so before we even have the sin that occurs, we notice that there is a serpent in the garden. Now, had Adam been keeping and guarding the garden as he ought, the serpent should not have even been in the garden. So there's this lack of vigilance, even a sort of laziness that could have been... that. the fall could have been avoided altogether had Adam just kept guarded the garden as he ought. And so that's the first uh, the first problem that occurs. And then we see um, him failing to Avad and Shamar um, with with the actual encounter with the snake, uh, with the serpent, that the, the encounter actually primarily that his wife Eve has. So we have a tendency to think that Adam was off somewhere else, um, and then the serpent gets in a conversation with Eve, and he's all smooth, and he's like, so do you want this apple? And she's like, I want this apple. And then Adam is, meanwhile, coming in from the fields, right? And he's really tired because he's been working. He's like, yeah. you know, honey, I'm hungry. And she's like, perfect, I have this apple. And he takes a bite of it, and, oh, no, he sinned. But in reality, the Hebrew text, and this comes out in the, uh, I think it's in the RSV, or maybe it's not in the RSV, but then it comes out in the NAB. Anyways, it's in the Hebrew text that that Adam is with her. She hands him the fruit, and he is, he is next to her. And so uh, the silence is deafening. Hmm. He's failing to guard and to keep her. And it's even more interesting because... If you pay attention to the giving of the commandment not to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, lots of prepositions there, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that occurs, that that commandment is given prior to the creation of Eve. So arguably Adam gave that commandment to Eve, and if Eve is kind of in confusion or questioning, it really falls to Adam to guard and to keep the commandments and her. So uh, he failed to guard and serve really to guard his wife and the garden and his own heart. Mm-hmm. That's right. And yeah. it, it, it happens at other times. In yeah, say, so as well. If we're looking forward then in 
the more I study scripture, mm-hmm. which is still like one semester of what you did and during your studies, uh, it seems there are a lot of obviously typologies, old and new, but then throughout the Old Testament, um, you see everything goes back to Genesis three and it kind of recapitulates mm-hmm. throughout. So I'm assuming you've got yep. some examples yes. of this uh, of men not living up to what they're supposed to be doing right. throughout the Bible. Right. Please go nuts. Pretty much all the pa- <laughs> basically pretty much all, all the patriarchs. Basically <laughs> everything from then on. Until Jesus. Um, Should we just go to the examples where they aren't doing that? No, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, just to go right to the next one, just so that you can really see uh, how this plays out. Noah falls in pretty much the exact same way mm-hmm. that Adam does, um, quite literally almost. So Adam comes off of the ark. Um, the first thing that he chooses to do is to plant a vineyard, which is a type of garden. He overconsumes of the fruit of his garden Noah. Yep. yep and uh becomes drunk and in his drunkenness he fails to guard his wife so we have this weird phrase that occurs in genesis where um noah's son sees quote his father's nakedness which is very confusing um, but it's actually a euphemism for incest um, which is very problematic um and that likely would not have happened had noah not been drunk from over consuming of the fruit of his garden. Um, But then we can fast forward and we can look to someone like David, for example, and we can see him um, committing the sin of adultery with Bathsheba, right? Um, But it's interesting because if you look at the account in 2 Samuel 11, it tells us that it was the time when they would go out to war. And the king, so so society, ancient Near Eastern culture was not like it is today, um, where the king would stay back and just kind of <clears throat> strategize over wars. He would go out with his soldiers. And so the fact that David is not out with his soldiers is very problematic. And then it gives us another little detail. It says he rose late in the afternoon. So he's not out doing his kingly duties. He's sleeping in. There's this lack of vigilance. Really that's a big Napper. <laughs> Big nap time. <laughs> and we we hey, Churchill took naps too. Okay, yeah. he this was great. Like sleeping all day. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that this was a nap though. See, that's the this problem. Is just sleeping all day. Right, exactly, yeah. Father. This, now this is a sin of sloth at this sloth. point. We <laughs> now... <laughs> um, and we tend to look at Bathsheba too. I mean, and we go really bathing on your roof. Um, but what she was doing was actual uh, a ritual purification. Um, so she was actually keeping mm. the law uh, in contrast to David, who was not doing as he ought. And so this lack of vigilance then leads to his sin. Um, so when when he doesn't avad, when he doesn't shamar, um, we have the adultery that takes place. You know, I... Oftentimes we get too much on this Exodus 90 kick where we're talking about the what we're doing, but this seems so similar to what we've experienced going through the Exodus 90. And one of the kind of things I, I, I reflect upon is it takes away all these different temptations to sin, meaning you have to get seven hours of sleep. You have to work out. You have to eat healthy. You can't drink. You, you can't be distracted by the Internet. And when you take away all those things that would possibly lead someone to sin or or increase the temptation to do it, you find yourself way more free. And so I, I look at this as a parallel to today where, as Father Zach and I have gone through this experience, where we're taking away a lot of these things that would normally, not one by one, mm-hmm. uh, force someone to sin, or, or, but just they can kind of increase the temptation and let the temptation kind of sneak in because you're not keeping, you're not guarding. Uh, and so the more defense mechanisms you put up, 
the stronger your foundation is, and, and the stronger a you're gonna with you're gonna have less opportunities for sin, less occasions for it, and then b you're gonna be well guarded uh, through the practice of asceticism uh, with which to to guide when it does come. Yeah, and I think that's a good uh, one possible takeaway from this conversation too is to think about those. To think about those areas in our life where we do let our guard down, where we're not serving, where we're maybe giving into that, you know, whether it's laziness, drunkenness, uh, lust, whatever that is, I think that's a good, one good takeaway is to think about what is it that is uh, leading me to let my guard down? What are those uh, things I'm using uh, where I'm not serving others, where I'm maybe serving myself? So, um, so I think... Well, and I think another thing that we kind of talked about this this morning, actually, in our men's group, is that uh, it's these middle of the road things, right? So these middle of the road, they're 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 not even bad in and of themselves. Having a drink is not bad mm-hmm. in and of themselves. Sleeping in, doing certain things like this are not inherently bad, but they're kind of middle of the road activities that can lead you to become lazy or to overindulge. Or so making sure we're, we're tightened uh, on those things and we're aware. Because each person's different, making sure you personally are aware, taking self inventory, so that way you don't become like David. Right? David was prior to this, obviously in a very good state with God, but he let his guard down, let his guard down. And it might have been one little thing at a time that finally led him to just, you know, skip war and sleep in all day, and then we all the rest is kind of history. So. so we've kind of talked now about what happens when men don't live out their vocation to guard and serve. But maybe Katie, could you talk a little bit about what? What happens when men do live out that vocation as they ought? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I think I would like to draw attention to back to David because David sins in this horrific way, really. Um, well, then he commits murder, which is <clears throat> right. Yeah, so well, then, he, then he kills the guy. It's insult to yeah, injury. Yeah. I mean, if you really read it um, with new eyes, it's it's very problematic, and and yet David <clears throat> is still held up as this great model. And so we have to ask ourselves why. Mm -hmm. And the why is because we've had all these patriarchs, we've had all these sins, but this is the first time that we have repentance. And so David hits the reset button uh, for lack of a better phrase. Um, And that makes all the difference. And so uh, it's not a matter for we um, humans to, uh, be perfect. I mean, obviously Jesus calls us to perfection. Um, but the hardest struggle is often getting back up and hitting reset after we've had a failure. And the key to that is Jesus, who is the first man who is faithful to the call to Avad and Shamar. And that faithfulness occurs early on in his life. Um, not just in his childhood, but in the beginning of his public ministry, which is the 40 days in the desert. So Jesus chooses to to set himself up, if you will, even though obviously he's perfect, but to set himself up for success, like you were talking of creating these boundaries, these conditions that can allow him to be faithful. So he goes out into the desert, prays and fasts, and we imitate him too in this time. And so um, that helps him, that prepares him for the rest of his public ministry, preaching, teaching, and healing. But the primary reason for his public ministry is his death upon the cross, um, that Mm -hmm. triumph, so that he dies for us, offers us grace, so that we can remain faithful 
to his call to Avad and Shamar. And so with Jesus, uh, we have vigilance and triumph in contrast to the lack of vigilance and the sin that we see in Adam, in Noah, in David. But I was thinking the night, the night before he dies when he's in the desert or in the um, garden praying, just that he laments the when he finds the apostles asleep. Mm-hmm. You know, that lack of vigilance. Right. And says, could you not watch one hour with me? Right. You know, so... Again, lamenting that lack of vigilance. One thing I, I reflect upon when you say David, the reason David is still held as a man after God's own heart and still held today in, in very high esteem, whereas so many other people didn't, is because he repented. It's just it's Psalm 51, and I think so often that we that's something we all need to turn to. Uh, and I, I know me personally, I whenever I have to go to confession, when I have to, I mean, when I sprint to confession quickly— I, I turn to that, and I just put myself in the feet of, of David. Because mm-hmm. uh, that is... it's. The, the prayer of contrition that you can mm-hmm. feel uh, in that and then trying to mimic Jesus, right? So, so turning from David and using his, his prayer of repentance and then trying to look more like Jesus, especially, you know, during the seasons of fasting. Um, and Jesus gives us that perfect model. So right. Jesus and, and Paul talks about this at length where we have the perfect model, Jesus was fully man mm-hmm. and stood the tests. Mm-hmm. He he felt the test. Obviously, that's one of the a great another great text to reflect upon uh, with Matthew and Luke four, which is the temptation of Christ. Mm-hmm. Just sit with those and, right. and feel how Jesus, as a man, mm-hmm. can take on all the temptations of the world and quickly push them aside. Right. Let's look real quick at Psalm fifty one since you brought it up. I'm yep. going to read a couple. Uh, Lines from Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, God, in your faithful love and your great tenderness. Wipe away my offenses. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I am well aware of my offenses. My sin is constantly in mind. Against you, you alone, have I sinned. I have done what you see to be wrong, that you may show your saving justice when you pass sentence. And your victory may appear when you give judgment. Purify me. Till I am clean, wash me till I am whiter than snow. Turn away your face from my sins and wipe away all my guilt. And finally, God create in me a clean heart, renew within me a resolute spirit. And we uh, priests or anybody praying the liturgy of the hours will pray that often on Fridays. Uh, during Lent every Friday. And you guys know way more about Scripture than me, but first off, that was written after his fall with Bathsheba. So this is him right after that, writing that. But the the word create... In me, a clean heart. I mm-hmm. I have heard it interpreted that this is something only God can do. Do you guys want mm-hmm. to speak to that? That the word used for create there was a, a was a a gesture that only God can do. Interesting. I haven't. Interesting. Oh, heard oh wow! Look at me. <laughs> guys, I, or somebody made it up and told me it. But yeah. the, the way I have heard it interpreted is that the the word used there is something that uh, that has to come from God. It's something that human be, beings yeah. can't create. It's something from God. Something I know. From, I mean, I know very. Nothing, I know something. very little about uh, any other languages. Mm. I know. <laughs> I took Spanish for five years. That's not going to help me very much with my. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got about a minute left in the interview. Uh, Katie, I'm going to just turn the table over to you. Are there anything else you want to touch on or point guys to uh, to talk about the biblical vision of masculinity? I would just encourage um, to delve deep into the threefold practice of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving Mm -hmm. um, in this Lent. Um, And I would encourage, um, especially for those men who. 
experience the integration of body and soul um, because they've done the hard work of mortification um, through fasting and almsgiving to really um, focus on prayer because I see a lot of men and not just men, but just men and women who kind of plateau in their spiritual life um, because they don't take prayer seriously. Um, Fasting and almsgiving are both directed towards prayer. Prayer is how we are in communion with God. Um, Prayer is what it means to be a saint. You can't be holy if you don't pray. So I guess if your listeners want one takeaway, um, do some prayer. Really give that a, a good go. And as John Leonetti famously says, prayer is spelled T-I-M-E. So you just have to schedule it out. You've got to put it in your calendar, and you just got to do it. And for each person, it's different. Each person has a different way of doing it. Some people like to read the Bible. Some people like to do quiet, alone, whatever it is. Each person is going to look differently, but T-I-M-E. You've got to just schedule the time. So you're up in Ames. How can, if there's anybody at Iowa State or up in Ames, how can they get a hold of you up there? If, they wanna, <laughs> if they'd like to talk to you or? Yeah. Yeah. Well, my email address and, and contact information is on our website, um, stsaintceciliaparish.org. Um, and I try to be fairly responsive to that. Um, this Lent, we are doing something at the parish called the 1% Challenge, um, which is uh, encouraging people to pray for 15 minutes a day um, for the 40 days of Lent. Um, and so you can join us in that practice as well. Very good. Katie Patricio, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you might have earned a spot back in the future. <laughs> you, you might, maybe. You might have done it. <laughs> I made the finals. You might have done it. <laughs> Stick around. We're going to head to a short break, and uh, we will be back with Father Zach to wrap up our conversation on masculinity in Scripture. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulis, along with Father Zach Kouchke, and that got it over my head, Father. That was we great. Thanks for putting me on the spot. We there. were talking about and other Katie. languages I didn't understand. Yeah. Uh, no, that was. Uh, I think that was very uh, beneficial, and I, I I learned a few things there uh, about the fall that I had not thought about. Some insights that I had not mm-hmm. known, uh, and I think it's always good to reflect on you. You've spent lots of time studying. Genesis 1, 2, and 3, to understand humanity, to understand how we work. And if we understand how we work, we're, we're, more, uh, we're better prepared for when the enemy comes. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what's funny is uh, human, you know, times change, but human nature mm-hmm. really does not change. No. So the same sins, you know, they look different, but the same sins happen today, whether it's pride, whether it's lust, anger, whatever it is. So it's, it's always interesting to see, you know, the devil always has kind of the old same old tricks he just does them in different ways when when father and ricardo fall. when father ricardo was here in uh however many years ago and he spoke at hoyt sherman he, he used the line the devil has one play mm-hmm. and he's been running the exact same play since the dawn of time and he doesn't change it because it works mm-hmm. so we just need to understand how to defend that one play that he continually runs uh, and again, it's different for each person, right? Each person has the yeah. things that they fall to, but it's it's a matter of awareness. And I think you know, studying Genesis three uh, helps us to understand that. And I think uh, something she talked about was the importance of prayer uh, in helping us to avoid plateauing in mm-hmm. the spiritual life. Because I think you know, we think about like if you're weightlifting or you're working out, people hit plateaus where they're just kind of not improving. They're not kind of going anywhere they're just kind of you know hitting this hitting the ceiling so i think uh, that really spoke to me about the importance of continuing to pray 
and maybe changing it up a little bit so that we avoid that plateau. And if Jesus, the Son of God, had to pray and fast for 40 days and then continually pray all the time throughout his ministry, how much more so do we right. probably need to do that? So, Iowa Catholic Radio is listener-supported. Please consider t- making a tax-deductible donation today at iowacatholicradio.com. Thank you again for joining us on Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. For Father Zach Kautsky, I am Joe Stopulus. It's time to man up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulus and Father Zach Kautsky. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals.